You're tuning into this week's Revival Recap. Let's hear what's happening in the life of our church. Welcome back to Revival Recap. I'm Seth Dahl here with Pastor Renee Evans, who spoke last week. And we're going to recap the revival, the meeting, the message. But I felt like as soon as you started, I'm like, oh, this whole sermon is a giant revival recap. You just went through mm, yeah. revivalist after revivalist and um, story after story of things yeah. that God has done all around the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. for a long time and so it was like oh this whole message is a revival so we're going to recap a giant revival recap yes. with you um <laughs> and good news you're going to do a part two i am at least a part two yeah i said it so in much... my message just even what i covered i had to skip over so much just because of time not permitting um that i didn't even really touch on the last hundred years of revival which really has been significant in laying the foundation to where we are today yeah um so yeah we have a we have a lot coming that is so good i know i was thinking every person you talked about i'm like man they either they've written books after books after books on what god did with them and through their lives or people have written books after books about their son like yeah oh this is you could spend quite a long time studying this you can't one sermon can't even like Give some of our favorite books. Yes. I'm like, I love books and I love teaching. So I'm like, let's just tell tell them what our favorite books are so that they can. Um, yes. Yeah. Like the Azusa Street, the, they told and us they their told stories. they told me their stories. Oh. It is out of print. Is it? But I think. I need to get that back into print. I have one. I think. I'm and, not sure how to do that. And I have another friend who's really. Okay. You know them working. They want yes. to get all those old books and bring Jeez. them in print. So get that, that banging to stop. Oh. It's so yes. Oh. I'm so sorry. Let me go tell them. I'm Pause. so sorry. All I could hear I in the back of the room the first. is the banging. Yeah, I'll start with the these guys all have books and books. <laughs> okay. And then we can talk about books. So I'm so sorry that no, was so I totally distracting didn't even and I'm notice. like, I'm like <laughs> in the zone. Um, yeah, I was as you were talking, I was realizing like these people, they either wrote a lot of books about what God did mm-hmm. or people wrote books about them. But yeah. this is a subject that you could go on for a long time. Yeah. Um, and so one sermon does not do revival history oh, justice. Not even close. Not even two. Yeah. So, uh, but we are going to probably give everybody a list of books. Mm-hmm. If you want to study revival history and find yeah. out what God has done with so many people. And we have an equip class. So if you are in Austin, um, we are going to have equip classes in the spring of next year that goes over revival, uh, revivals of the past and revivalists. And they're four weeks long and each class is two hours. And so they take a wow. full hour on each revival oh. or revivalist. Um, and so you get eight revivalists um, per class and yep. they do the reformers, they do the the evangelists, they do the healing, you know, evangelists. So 
it'll be really fun. That's a good class. Yeah. You're going to want to take it. Yeah. It's like school of ministry jammed into yeah. a little shorter yes, version. It is. It's incredible. Um, why do you think, why did you bring up revival history at this time? I think, I mean, I mentioned at the beginning of my sermon that I, I got to the school of ministry um, in Bethel, Reading, and I was crying out for a revival without truly knowing what revival yeah, looked like or what revival was. I knew it intellectually what it was, but I didn't really know what it was. Um, and I think it's such a, um, I didn't want to say cliche, but it's such a hot word in the Christian you know, circle of like revival, we want revival. But like, do we really know what we're asking for um, when we ask for revival? Yeah. And I, I brought it up at this point in history in time because I feel like we are on the cusp of something major happening. I think there is an outpouring that's coming that's gonna surpass all other outpourings than we have ever seen. Yeah. Um, and so, and I'm excited for it, but I wanna prepare us for it. And I want us to know what's available. And I, I felt led to share some of these stories to be like, hey, this is where we're going. It's not gonna be a mirror image of anything yeah. that's happened in the past, but it's gonna look similar to some of these things. And if we, if we know the destination um, ahead of the journey, sometimes it helps us um, just settle in our hearts and settle in our spirits that that's what we're going for. And then when it comes, we're more readily um, available to accept it and to embrace it rather than yeah. be scared of it. You know. And I think that's one of the things you touched on a couple times in the message was like, hey, some of the manifestations that came along with these revivals were scary <laughs> or weird or the lady that would like the flip whip back. the whip. Oh, yes, yeah. I never yeah. heard of that one, but it was wild. The whip. Yeah. But that keeping that stuff in mind, I remember, I don't know if you had this, but when I went to school of ministry, they gave us a book from Wesley Campbell. So book number one, uh, oh, welcoming a visitation of the Holy Spirit, oh, come on. where he went through all the manifestations of revivals in the past wow. and the Toronto revival, because people were so thrown off yeah. by some of the manifestations. I have not at, read that. That in, sounds incredible. It was like, wow. he goes through the Bible and shows you like, oh, God actually grabs Ezekiel by the hair and picks him up. And so he goes through all these manifestations of God, like yeah. crazy stuff you kind of know is in the Bible, yeah. but you know, don't think of it in the context of like, oh, that's that's God doing something. Yeah, It's in the Bible. Now I'm seeing it here. I'm offended or I don't think it's God, but actually, oh, he actually did. So you go through the yeah. whole, he takes you through all this stuff and it was a, it's one of the best books I ever wow. read because we just came in yeah. going, okay, God, you can do whatever you want. Yeah. None of it's going to scare us. We're not going to think that's automatically not God. Yeah. If well, I know that's in the Bible now because yeah. I read it. in this. And I think sometimes we read the Old Testament and even the New Testament and we, we somehow rationalize our mind that that was for that time in history, but yeah. it's not for now. And like, you know, God doesn't stop being adventurous and wild and out of our boxes like he doesn't like mature into a placid spirit you know or being or whatever you want to say he 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 is not affected by time and so what he was doing and how he was demonstrating his presence in the old testament that's how he's going to do it today in yeah. the new test like not just in the new testament but in our day and age and it's like i don't know why i just always assumed like oh well, god must have become gentler and softer over time with age. 
but he doesn't age. He is the same yesterday as today. he is today yeah. as he yeah. is tomorrow. And so just kind of remembering that as we read these stories in the Bible, uh, they're all Bible based, you know, which yeah. I think is so important when you just brought that up because yeah. yes, it's scary, but it's in your Bible. You know, it's yeah. not just stories that people are making up. Like almost every single account for a manifestation that has happened can be found in the Bible. And so if you study the word of God looking for a revival and looking for how God shows up, yeah. it'll blow your mind the way that he manifested himself to his people. And this feels really important. Like the, the whole studying revivals to go, oh, that's a testimony. That's what God wants to do again. Yeah. That's what I can believe for. That's what I can pray into. Yeah. That's what I can be ready for. And also the other stuff of like, this is where I could actually be, you know, if I get offended because of something, mm -hmm. I actually become someone that resists revival rather than welcomes it or yeah. this thing God is trying to do. If yeah. I don't know that kind of stuff that you've brought up over and over and over, yeah. where it's like, if the offense comes because we, we don't, we don't yeah. know what's happened in the past. Mm -hmm. Now we actually aren't aren't inviting it, welcoming it, yeah. being a conduit of revival. Yeah. We become a like a stopping point. So yeah. I think it's important to share all this stuff. Yeah, it is. We're so used to being in control. And we're so used to being in control of our comfort, of our convenience, um, you know, that we forget that revival. Like we sing it all the time in worship, you know. Yeah. We give you everything except for this part that makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> or like, we'll give it, we'll lay it all down at your feet, but do we really? And at the end of the day, revival, I think some of these, like this is, again, this is my opinion, but I think some of these wild manifestations are for no other reason than the Lord saying, I'm in control yeah. and you are not. Yeah. And so for me, I'm going to be 100% vulnerable here i like being in control like, yeah, I, like I, I like having control over my house making sure it's like in order which it's not always it's pretty chaotic most of the time with our kids but i like structure and i so value um routine structure um that for me i need to press in more to this because i know that i really err on the court on the side of control con yeah. wanting to control mm -hmm. circumstances and I've learned, praise the Lord, over the years, thanks Danny Silk, that I can't control people. And so yeah. I'm pretty comfortable in that knowledge and I don't try to control people, but I definitely try to control my circumstances. And I think anxiety comes up in us when we are when everything feels out of control. It's not yeah. in our control, is when anxiety, panic yeah. attacks, everything that we're dealing with in this day and age more and more is simply because more things feel out of control and we're realizing we actually don't have as much control as we would like. Yeah. But then on the flip side, the peace that comes by surrendering that control to yeah. God is just, oh. is so profound. And, and that's what revival is really. It's like, do we want to surrender control to yeah. God? Because if he's in the driver's seat, it's going to look a whole lot different than if we're in the driver's seat. Yeah, you know? for sure. I, I really feel it like, if we're on the cusp of something big and God doing something huge, we we've got to be ready to not be offended. Yeah. Not be caught off guard to go. You know what? Mm -hmm. I'm in. I'm, yeah. I'm in. 
or whatever you want to do. That's yeah. what I was getting with this. Like even the Mariah Woodworth editor, you were talking about her in Indiana yeah. and how she'd be like preaching. Cause I went to that. I met her granddaughter. Me and Lauren met. Oh, her you did? We went to wow. one of the churches that she used to yeah. minister at, Ebenezer or something. Uh-huh. And she told us all those sort of like, she'd be preaching and just get stuck. Yeah. For the three days. Like dude, three that, days she went into a trance. That will, that will mess you up. If you don't it know. It messes me up. Where people are like, yeah. are, what's happening? Does she need to go to the hospital? Mental Institute? Yeah. Like, what's going on here? And if there weren't <clears throat> thousands upon thousands of people testifying yeah. that that's what happened, you could just easily write it off. Yeah. But, you know, so we even have to be prepared. Like, I would even encourage people to be in writing. Like, when you see God show up in the miraculous, write it down so that your testimony can be a gift that you pass on to the generations coming after you. So they'll be like, what, you had an encounter like that? Yeah. I want to have an encounter like that. Like, And they can then pull on that, and you're creating this corporate breakthrough from your personal breakthrough. Come and on. I just think it's, I mean, it's fun. At the end of the day, it's scary as anything, yep. but it is so fun. Why would we want and anything why, else? Exactly. I mean, this is what we signed up for. If we're believers in Jesus, we signed up to see heaven come to earth. That's what we signed up for. Yep. And yes, we can sign up to the the lesser standard of Christianity of waiting for heaven. Because, you know, hey, yeah. we're pretty excited that we get to go to heaven. We're yeah. very thankful that we yes. all get to go to heaven. But the realization and living in that truth, I believe, is not as great a reality as believing that heaven lives inside of you and that you get to release that, you know, yeah. so... Why oh wait gosh. till heaven? Why wait? Let's just bring heaven bring here because God wants that. So. <laughs> I feel like I have so many good things to talk about, but we've mentioned offense and all that. You talked about William Seymour. I, I have forgotten that. He yeah. went to those meetings to receive the Holy Spirit. And they said, because you're black, you can't come in here. Yeah. Like, And he sits outside yeah. and you said... His hunger overpowered his offense, which is like, oh my gosh, if we've ever yeah. been in this sort of, like, there's a lot of racial offense, a lot of tension. It's like this man decided, I want God more than I want to be offended. Mm-hmm. And it flips the world upside down. Oh, oh, I have never seen or heard, not seen, but I've never heard of the miracles that came yeah. out of the Azusa Street revival. Yeah. Never seen. Yeah. Well, again, didn't see it, but I can see it in my mind's eye. I've never read about the level of creative miracles that happened in that. And I really do believe that that's almost to the degree that that this man allowed God to use him when he really did have every, what we would in our day and age called a right to be offended. Yeah. And, And he chose not to, and he chose God above. I mean, it's that whole, like, he had just such an eternal perspective, right? Yeah. We, I think in our, in our current, well, just humanity in general, one of our greatest challenges is to think with, a, with an eternal perspective yeah. rather than yeah. a here and now perspective. We're so consumed with the world and the things of the world that it's hard to put the eternal above the, the finite, you yeah. know, but, wow. but he did like, and he did. Man, the miracles that flowed from that man's life, like to 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 my understanding, are unmatched up to this day yeah. in the level of creativity. But the 
but the level of repetition. Yeah. Like I've heard the about incredible creative miracles happening all over the world, but the amount that happened in that place, I've never, I've never heard of any. I and know. I could be wrong, but no, from what I, I've done, I the study so that I've done, I've never. I think Bill that. said it's like the cloud would show up, and they just people with like withered arms would just yeah the cloud would come and the arms would come. They back. didn't like one of okay we're gonna get real stirred up right now. But one of the things I love about him, other other revivalists did it too, but. It wasn't just about him being the man of God and that when he preached or that he prayed, these things would happen. Like he was so consumed with heaven and the presence of God that he actually created an atmosphere around him that he didn't need to pray for people. They would just get healed. You know, and that happened in a lot of meetings, but there are other revivalists like a William Branham, for instance, like he had such a powerful personal anointing Mm -hmm. that that almost every person in a in a few stretch like a few years stretch of time every person that he prayed for was healed healed. but he had to pray for them yeah they couldn't just get it they couldn't just get it and people weren't stepping into the words of knowledge they weren't stepping into the miracles it was like you came for him to get a word of knowledge and pray over you not to get equipped to do the same thing where azusa was yeah. This can happen through any of us. And his team was just as big a part of the, like the praying and laying on of hands as, as he was. But I think it's that secret place where he went and put a wooden crate over yeah. his head yeah. for, you know, hours he at a time yeah. and um, wouldn't take that off until the Lord came and and the whole place would just erupt with miracles. It was, awesome. ah, I want to watch awesome. that video when I get to I heaven. Know. I want to be like, there. Man, oh where gosh. was where were the camera phones then? Right. Dang it. Yes, that's what we need. Um, one other person I think we should end on is Charles Finney, oh, and just what him. he would, yeah, like he'd go into the factories and people would just fall down and repent, yeah, on their face, in tears, just because he walked in or he'd ride on the train, yeah, and the whole city would be affected with the power of God, the love of God, just because he's passing yeah. through on yeah. the train. But Charles Finney, you said something about the holiness that came with him. Yeah. And he's got a book, book number two, an old book called Crystal Christianity. Have you read that one? I haven't. Oh, my gosh. <gasps> it will mess you up. But I've he, read his biography, but I haven't read that I one. haven't read the biography. But he, so he wasn't, like, entire communities changed, like, it wasn't yeah. just like, wow, we had people getting touched by God and miracles. It was like mm-hmm. the bars didn't operate yeah. anymore. Court, the, court the, rooms the jail closed. houses mm-hmm. wouldn't even. Yeah, there was no court cases. The lawyers are running out of business. Yeah. The the jails are empty. There's no, and it's years and years that he, yeah. what he brought was something different. That lasted at least a generation after he had left that city. Yeah. Which that is phenomenal yeah and i don't think he was known for like healings and miracles as much he was more like people would get saved and really like they really got saved. really saved <laughs> they, got, they, got, they got saved not saved. just this place no, yeah just <laughs> like they but um i don't know i feel like that's something important we yeah. need to keep in mind and be aware of is like i think that's a huge element to revival is the life change yeah. The, the community change, the 
the holiness that comes with yeah. a move of God. Yes. That I think sometimes we don't. It shouldn't just stay in the church where that meeting is held. And it, yeah. and it, it, it's a huge part. But what do you, anything you want to say about the holiness factor, the, our lives, what our lives look like, how we're, um, you know, I know Joaquin and I have been talking about the whole, what would Jesus do on social media? And like, yeah. hey, you have a lot of authority. It doesn't stop at the keyboard. Like mm-hmm. you're like, that whole holiness and how we actually live out our lives. Yeah. Anything you'd add to that or say to that? Um, I mean, I have a lot <laughs> to say on that subject. And I was telling Seth, like, I feel like I straddle these two worlds of like this, this grace concept that, you know, we 100% believe in, 100% go after, which is just the like, you have been saved by grace. It is nothing you can do. It is not dependent on your holiness. It's not dependent on your righteousness. It is dependent upon an undeserved, unmerited grace from God that we are saved. And yeah. so to, to get into this thing of like our, like this cycle, which we have in the past as yeah. Christianity of like, oh, we've got to be holy to be saved or we've got to do this to be saved. It's like, no, 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 no. Grace will always be there in power to take you out of a sinful lifestyle. But I do say this, grace will not enable you to live a sinful lifestyle. And I think that's the difference in our, some theologies that are going around. Yes, true grace isn't freedom to sin. Right. It's freedom from sin. And and grace is undeserved favor. So all, none of us deserve it. None of us can earn it. We're all jacked up. And then he comes and he's like, let me, touch you let me fill you let me heal you let me and we're like wow but then grace is also not just undeserved favor that you if you could earn it it's not his grace totally you get it free but then it's also the supernatural ability of god yeah so it's it is you don't deserve this but i'm also going to give you my ability to live this out and come into a life that looks like christ not just stay the yes. same person and go, oh, it's all grace. It's all revival. Yeah. Like, oh, no. Revival means you actually move out of that almost dead. And it enables you to live holy because that should be our goal. This holiness should be our, our goal. And again, it's not something to work towards, but it's a standard to, to live up to. And, and we have the Holy Spirit inside of us that enables us to and empowers us to be able to live to, to that standard. And I mean, even you and I, great examples. We didn't, I mean, we didn't yeah. grow up in the church. Yeah. We definitely. I did, and then I ran as far well, away that, as I, I could. Well, actually, yeah. that's the same as me. But we had some wild days. Yes. Let's just say that, you yes. know, of not following Jesus. And so, you know, trying in those days to attain this level of holiness, we do, it's just impossible. Like, we just yeah. can't do it. And so when you do have this grace that's given at salvation, um, Now it's like, oh, it would be my greatest honor to try to live a life worthy of my salvation. Um, And 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 some and that looks like holiness and it looks like sacrifice. And I think we and this is where I can get on the other side of the fence and preach a little bit too hard. And I need some people to kind of bring me back because it really is a balance of both. But it is that whole. I love Leonard Ravenhill, Why Revival Tarries. Like, so just that very like conviction. Yeah. I mean, it's the Holy Spirit. It's very like black and white. Yeah. But obviously we, we don't live in a black and white yeah. world and society. 
But there are some truths that are black and white and no matter how tempting something is to our fleshly nature, like as not just believers in Jesus Christ, but as followers of Jesus Christ. Oh, yes. Like we we need to live a life worthy of the sacrifice so that he can get the reward that he paid for on the cross, you know, and we need to partake in his sufferings to understand that sometimes. And we need to, like he said, Jesus would often say like, you need to die, like your brother and sister, your mom and dad, they need to be dead to you if you want to come follow me. You need to lay down your life. And sometimes we think that's a pretty metaphor of like, oh, we need to like sacrifice. No, no, no. We need to lay our lives down in order to be able to follow Jesus. And so when when you're sleeping with your boyfriend out of wedlock or your girlfriend out of wedlock, because it feels good. I mean, yeah, it does. Yeah. It feels good. Always. but And it's convenient because that doesn't take sacrifice. But is that, yes, you can believe in Jesus while you live that kind of lifestyle, but you cannot say that you follow Jesus if you live in that kind of lifestyle, because Jesus is not going that way. If you're going in a different direction than Jesus, you're not a follower of Jesus. You may believe in Jesus, but guess what? Satan believes in Jesus. Yeah. And so, I mean, we do, there is this element, I think that we don't want to, we are not the people who convict. It is the Holy Spirit's job to convict and he convicts by the goodness of God. It is the goodness of God that leads man to repentance. And it's the Holy Spirit's job to convict, not believers. We are not meant to convict and judge uh, one another. But but we get to live a life um, where we get to say to other people, hey, follow me as I follow Jesus. Come on. And follow me as I endeavor to. Yeah. I didn't I never used to live a life of purity. But now that I have been saved by grace, I live a life of purity because I follow Jesus. And so we, we, there is this reality in this whole consumer Christianity that's been birthed in our day and age. If you can do whatever you want and still love Jesus, yeah, you can. But you can't say that you follow Jesus and do whatever you want. And so we do have to have this standard. And it's that standard, I believe, yeah. that creates the foundation, not just for God to come, but for him to rest for him to rest and then it permeate a people group so that it can be passed on to another generation with increase and not decrease sustained revival sustained revival not the flash in the pan like you said exactly and the flash in the pan is yeah i mean i could preach a whole message on this so i'm just gonna like simmer down right now i'll take a sip of my coffee (laughs) but miracles clouds um, Evan Roberts, one of my favorites, like the whole, yeah. The, I didn't the even fires, get to the Welsh Revival, really. The fire trucks I mean, coming to Azusa because they think the building's on fire. In 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 Welsh Revival, it's like yeah. the, the building would be glowing. And like they, it was oh. the most crazy stuff. So there's all these manifestations. But the other side is also the life transformation, the life change. Like, hey, the building's glowing. And people are living righteous people yes. live like jesus people are looking different and the world goes what is so different about you but that's like the sustained yeah my life has been transformed with this revival and that's what sustains it yeah. is the people actually living it out and it, i and i think it's like that whole premise of like the fear of god you know the fear of god is the beginning of wisdom yeah and it's like 
if you have this genuine fear of God, not like I'm scared he's going to strike me with a lightning bolt if I do something wrong, but a fear of God in my mind is more like, I just have to look at what he's created. I just have to look at his like majesty and, and the awe, being in awe of God, really that describes that better to me is like the awe of God is the fear of God. Um, it's not like we're scared of him, but we know how big he is. And we are very well aware that every single breath that we take is yeah. because of his goodness and his grace. But when you have that concept, you can't watch an arm grow out yeah. and not be in complete awe yeah. of the person doing it, which yeah. is Jesus, which is Holy Spirit. You, you can't watch that and not be convicted to righteousness. And that's the way that it's meant to be. We're meant to look at miracles, not just as a like, oh, that's so cool, but as a like, whoa, not only has he done it and he's available and he can do it again, but like I just was in the same room as the God who created the very world that I live in. And just the, the fear, the awe of God that comes in that moment. Yeah causes you to live this life of of holiness and of, of consecration to God. You know, we yeah. have to be laid down lovers of yeah. Jesus at the end of the day. And yeah. and that looks like giving up control and comfort and and yeah. And but it's such a joy to is. do it. It's not a burden. No. You know, it's yeah. Well that's what first John says, this is loving God, that you obey his commands and his commands are not a burden. Like it's easy to obey. It's not burdensome to obey. Yeah. Even his burden, his yoke is easy, his burden, burden is light. Is light. So yes. It's not a burden to walk in obedience and live in obedience when you truly have the love of God and you love him yeah. back. It's it's all built on this connection, this relationship. We love each other so much, it's easy for me to obey. Yeah. Because I. And I in the very same breath, we're not saying that temptation won't ever come. Yeah. Temptation comes to all believers, all like regularly. And so it's not that if you we'll believe never you're never going to deal with that. Like, is it hard to say no to pornography if you're addicted or to drugs if you're addicted or to alcohol if you're used? It's super hard. I mean, we're not sitting here being like, oh, it's so easy. But it's a joy to, to lay that on the altar before yeah. God, you know. Um, yeah. yeah, I love it. And this yeah. reminds me, <laughs> we have a prophetic word coming up about seven months yeah. There's going to be something we do. In, that happens here. This month, in right? In Bethel, Austin, mm -hmm. this month in September, September. Something's going to happen that's going to shake the world, yeah. touch the world, go out from here. And so just hearing you talk about revival history, it's like, oh, yeah. Yeah. We have prophetic words for us about this. We have yeah. it burning in our hearts. We're reminding ourselves of the testimonies of what God has done. So we're preparing yeah. for God to do it again through our lives. And... Um, I'm excited for what's what's coming. I am like, too. We have conversations because this is practical and all you mums out there are going to totally get this. But we have conversations around like what does it practically look like for us to host revival when it comes, you know, and things like, hey, let's bring pajamas for our kids so that we can just put our kids till. in pajamas and they can lay underneath the pews because that's what would happen in the old revival yeah. times. We'll you know, we didn't have to get home by seven o'clock because that's, you know, the Holy Spirit, like a kid isn't going to be <laughs> yeah. for they're going to have more of a benefit from experiencing revival than a late bedtime. But it's yeah. but like, trust me, I know that how much of a sacrifice that is with two, three, 
how many kids do I have? Three. Three. three little With ones. three little kids, you know, I'm like, oh gosh, that means grumpiness. You know, I'm counting the cost, but the cost is worth it. Yeah. And so every person is going to have their little like, okay, this is what I'm going to have to do to prepare for this this coming revival um, and be ready when it comes. And I just want to encourage you that it's it's going to be so worth any of the preparation that we make for it. And it yeah. will touch the nations. And man, I'm excited. Me too. I'm excited. I just, I just want to be there for it, you know. Yep. I just want to see history books written. Come on. About it. I don't know. I'm excited. I've had goosebumps. The whole time. This whole. <laughs> this, this is like my favorite revival recap. This is what we're here <gasps> for. <laughs> we're here for heaven on earth. We're here for revival. We're here for God to do something incredible through us. Yeah. Through Bethel Austin, through you. And uh, yeah. just Renee's message is to remind you, hey, here's what God has done before. Here's what you can expect. Here's what you yeah. can believe for. Here's what you can pray into. Here's what you can prep yourself for. And here's... Don't get offended. Don't keep living in sin. Let God do his work in your life, through your life, because the world needs yeah. it right now really bad. And yeah, it's the solution to everything that's yeah. happening in the world right now is Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Come on. Yeah. So we'll be excited for part two, Revival <laughs> History with Renee when she gets it. And as always, you can... Um, Follow us at BethelATX.com, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all of those places, uh, iTunes, obviously, yeah. and and podcasts and everything. But uh, we're also open. We've yes, been open for two weeks. if you're in weeks. Austin or the surrounding areas, we'd love for you to join us. Yep. Yeah. Come and visit. Come and be a part in-person services. Well, and I guess I should just quickly say this for you. Uh, if anyone has not seen the message from last week, is we made a very exciting announcement yes, last weekend right. in that we have our own building. Yes. Yay. So um, as of just a couple of weeks ago, we signed a lease on our own building um, that's a 10-year lease. Uh, we're going to start the build-out process really soon. So stay tuned for how you can partner with us. We need a lot of prayer. Um, obviously just believing the Lord for finances to come in for that. But we are excited because we feel like, um, as with any like rental, our landlords have been Amazing. phenomenal. Yeah. We love them, but they're also trying to run a church. And out they of have that to facility. do church on Sunday morning. So if revival yeah. happens and we're still there Sunday yeah. morning, they can't have church. Yeah. Oh, I guess they just join in, but yeah, but it's well, this easier. is even prep for us to kind of get ready for what God is doing is just to have our own space. So we have the freedom to really be flexible. Yeah. Um, so we're so excited for that. And we would love for you to pray with us mm -hmm. um, on that. But there'll be more information to come. And it's right by the airport. So people who don't live in Austin can get here easily. There's literally like a Starbucks, a hotel, and then uh, the church yep. and the airport. Yep. It's what beautiful. more do you need? What Coffee, you need? sleep, revival. There we go. <laughs> we'll see you sometime soon. Not necessarily in that order. Exactly. <laughs> and we love all of you. Hopefully we'll see you at church sometime or we'll see you online. And uh, we'll be back for another Revival Recap next week. Thanks for tuning in to this week's Revival Recap. For more of our podcasts and other resources, visit BethelATX.com.